Uh, we're going to be looking a bit at that verse uh, that we heard uh, in our game earlier, and we heard you guys try and translate uh, rather terribly, to be honest. Uh, don't, don't become Bible translators by passing it through like a bunch of people. It's not going to work all that well. Uh, and I, if that's taught you anything, hopefully it gave you a glimpse of the importance of making sure we understand what's in God's Word and we read it for ourselves. We don't just hear what a bunch of different people have said to us. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, over the course of this term, we've been asking the question, why do Christians do the things that they do? Right? Like Christians do some pretty weird stuff. Like what we just did then, we pray, uh, we look at an ancient book and we think it's important and authoritative to speak into our lives. Uh, and what we're going to be looking at tonight, we tell other people about this guy named Jesus. That's a bit weird. And so if you have questions about uh, some of the things that we've been doing over the course of this term, you can actually check out all the talks we've done on our podcast, Restore Youth Talks. Uh, you can jump on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. It's not on Apple Music. They have their own podcast app, whatever it is. Uh, or you can go to our website, restore.com slash talks, uh, and you can listen back to all the talks from this term. And, of course, if you have more questions, drop them in the question box. Uh, but our question for tonight is, why do Christians tell others about Jesus? Why do they want other people to know who this Jesus guy is? Why might a Christian invite someone along to youth group? All super valid questions. And as we approach this, uh, I think it's only right that I pray to God. And if you don't know why, it's right that I do that. Go and listen to our talk from last week. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the Bible, for the way that your word speaks into our lives. Please open our hearts and minds to receive uh, your words tonight as we look to the Bible uh, and as we try and understand why it is that Christians want to tell others about this Jesus guy. And it's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen. Before we get into it, I do want to share with you uh, my latest hobby. Uh, I've turned 25, uh, which means I'm a, I, I, I think I'm entitled to a bit of a quarter-life crisis. And so I've taken up cycling, uh, which uh, doesn't sound bad. But then, like, when you start getting into cycling, you realize that people start wearing, like, progressively tighter and tighter clothing. Which is, which is quite bad. And I've been, like, getting into, like, not just, like, doing it and, like, getting out there on the road, eating up the miles, the kilometers, uh, but I've been getting into the gear. So I've been researching. I recently bought, like, a, a new helmet, uh, and it's really cool. It's way better than my old one. It's really comfortable. Uh, I recently got some new lights. Uh, I, only, I only went and got those today, which is really fun, uh, so I can actually, like, ride at night. I can start to extend my rides a little bit further. Uh, I've, been, I've been really enjoying riding. I'm loving it. And to be honest, it's really easy for me to, in conversations with people, bring up the fact that I've started cycling. Because to me, at the moment, cycling is something good. It's something I'm enjoying. It's something I love. And so it's something that I'm finding really easy to share, to share the goodness I'm getting from this little hobby with people around me. And the reason I've shared that with you guys is because as we approach tonight's question, I'm aware there are many possible answers to why a Christian might tell people about Jesus. But I think the answer, the simple answer, is that the news about Jesus is good news. And therefore, because Christians are meant to think that the news about Jesus is good, then of course... We're going to want to share that news with other people. 
we're going to want to share that news with other people. The next logical question that you might have is, what on earth about this news is good? Like, what actually makes the news about Jesus, what makes the message, the story of Jesus, good news? And I think the easiest way to explain that is to go to a super well-known verse that you might have heard of, John chapter 3, verse 16. It lays it out for us. It lays out for us why the news about Jesus is good. It says this, it's on the screen, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the good news. God loves the people of this world. He loves you and He loves me so much that He offers us eternal life. That sounds like pretty good news to me. But you still might go, okay, eternal life sounds great, but do Christians actually have to tell others? Like, is it a requirement? Like, okay, it's good news, and like, that sounds like it's something good to share, but do we actually have to do this? Well, let's see. One of my favorite places to go in the Bible, I'm just going to move this music stand that I keep kicking. One of my favorite places to go in the Bible to think about what makes someone a Christian. Like, if you're struggling with this question, am I a Christian? Uh, I think probably the best place you can go is Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And when we read from that verse, if we continue on and we actually understand a little bit of what's going on around it, we see something about believing in Jesus requires. And I think what we're going to see is that it affects the answer to our question. So it's going to come up on the screen, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, but also continuing on to verse 15. And this is where our game comes from. I'm only going to read little bits of it. So I'll read verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. The word justified means to be made right. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Skipping to verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is the bit we looked at in our game. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If you didn't catch it on the first run through, that's okay. We're going back. Verse 9 points out for us an inward and an outward response to Jesus as the markers for a Christian. That what makes someone a Christian is something internal and also something external. That there is something about being a Christian, having a genuine faith in Jesus, which means speaking about it out loud. The outward is that someone must declare with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. And the inward, believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. Those two things. It's as simple as that. It doesn't actually say anywhere there that you have to wear the right kind of hat or that you have to get up and sing on stage at youth group. It doesn't say that. 
doesn't say you have to have a cool hairstyle or even more importantly, that you have to be perfect. It just says two things. Outward, you must declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And inward, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. There is something about being a Christian, having a genuine faith in Jesus, which means speaking about it, right? And in fact, in verse 12, we see that this is the case for everyone, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that calling on the name of the Lord, it's what we were talking about before. It's that inward and outward response. And for me, this is a bit of an aside from what we're looking at tonight, but that is so comforting. And it's so encouraging that all people, like literally anyone, can turn to Jesus in genuine faith and trust and be saved. That's awesome. And then, kind of continuing on the awesomeness train, Paul drops some absolute fire about the realities of this taking place. Like, because if everyone can call on the name of the Lord and be saved, that's great. But people can't call on the name of Jesus if they don't actually believe in him. And people have no chance of believing in Jesus if they've never heard about him. And people will never hear about Jesus if no one tells them. So what's the logical conclusion? Someone needs to tell them. So what's the logical conclusion for any Christian reading this? We need to tell people about Jesus, right? And that's daunting. It's a bit terrifying. We'll get to dealing with some of that terror later. At the end of the gospel, according to Matthew, Jesus uh, gives his disciples, his closest followers, a mission. He tells them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey the commands that God has given them, and then he reassures them that he's going to be with them as they go and do this, right? The mission of Jesus' closest followers was to go and make disciples, to both get people to understand who Jesus is and what he's done for them, and to grow them in knowledge and devoted followers of Jesus. That's what the word disciple means, It means devoted follower. Like if I was a uh, disciple of the piano, this isn't a piano, it's a keyboard, but that's okay. Um, If I was a a disciple of a piano, I would want to do what the piano tells me to do. I would love the piano. I would want to follow the piano wherever it goes, right? Because I'm a devoted follower of the piano. But if someone is a disciple of Jesus, it means all of those things, but for obviously someone way better than just a piano, the Son of God sent into the world. And so how does this actually happen? Like, what does Jesus actually want them to do as they go and make disciples of all nations? Well, in the beginning of the book of Acts, and I know we've been jumping around the Bible right now, but isn't it so fun that we have all this information at our fingertips? The beginning of the book of Acts, in the last interaction that Jesus has with his disciples. He says in Acts chapter 8, you will receive power when the Holy and this is the important bit, and you witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Part of the job 
of Jesus' closest followers was to make disciples, not just from their hometown, not just from Jerusalem, but from the whole world. And Acts shows us here that the way they did this was to be witnesses to Jesus. This doesn't mean to just have seen Jesus. Like they can't just walk in and into like they can't just have seen Jesus and then just walk and stand in the middle of a town as just a person who's seen him. That's not what it means by the word witness here. Rather, it means to tell others what you have seen, heard, or know so that they can make their own decisions as to the credibility of the matter about which they are giving testimony. That's the official definition of what it means to give, to be a witness. So to be a witness to Jesus requires a willingness to stand, to testify, and to speak about Jesus. Two realities. The good news about Jesus can only be news if it is told. And the good news about Jesus can only be known to be good if it's explained. Otherwise, it is neither good nor news. So, the good news about Jesus needs to be told to people and it needs to be explained to people. That's a huge part of why we do youth group. That's a huge part of why we're here right now because we're looking at the message about Jesus and I'm explaining it to you, right? So that hopefully, I hope, that you will see that this is good news. And that's kind of the head knowledge part, right? Like as we, as we look to God's Word, that's the like on paper sound like stepped through reasoning of why you should do it. And here's a summary thus far, uh, which will hopefully come up on the screen. There we go. Uh, we saw in John 3.16 that Jesus saves. We saw in Romans chapter 10 that there are two things that we can do to accept that, believe and declare that Jesus is Lord. In Matthew 28, we saw the call to go and make disciples. And in Acts 1 to 8, we saw that the way you do that is to witness about Jesus to the ends of the earth, right? Like that's a pretty clear and concise logical pathway to follow. Uh, and if you're the sort of person who you just needed that justification, great, there it is. Go and tell people about Jesus. Uh, but if you're anything like me uh, and you hear the fact that Jesus saves is good news, then you have to acknowledge that there is some bad news, right? You can't have good news without the reality of bad news. And there is some bad news for those who don't hear about Jesus, for those who don't believe it. The reality of the Bible story and of the salvation that Jesus offers is that he saves from something, right? We can't just say Jesus saves without acknowledging that there is something that Jesus saves from. He saves from the consequences of sin. I'm not going to have time to delve into these in super great detail. So if you have more questions, uh, ask your leaders. We're going to chat about this further later. But Christians believe in heaven and hell, in a life after death. We believe in heaven as a good place, hell as a bad place. Yeah. We believe that they are real, eternal, and eternally serious places. Heaven as the place that Jesus offers to bring people into, and hell as the alternative. You can't read about Jesus without acknowledging that he really thought hell was serious. Serious enough that he endured the most painful death humanity could come up with on the cross. And he endured that for a reason. 
to repair our relationship with God caused by the fact that we constantly rebel against him. He died on a cross to pay the price. Like that, That's why there's a connection between Jesus saves and the cross, because the cross was him paying the price, the penalty, the death penalty for our sin. Why? Because he loves us. This is where John 3.16 comes back in. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him not perish, as Jesus did, but will have eternal life. God loves us, but not just us. God loves the whole world. And the love of God for the world is most realized, not in the beauty of nature, not in the relationships between humanity, even though that's great, not in art or music or animals or food or emotions or in joy or in roller coasters or in cycling, but the love of God for the world is most clearly seen and realized in the death of Jesus on the cross for the world. And I think for me, that's beyond just the head knowledge of the parts of the Bible that tell me I should go tell people about Jesus. Knowing these three things is what spurs me on to actually go and do it. That there is a heaven and a hell, that Jesus did die on the cross and he rose again, but he endured that death for the world because God loves not just me, but he loves the world. So I should go tell people about the good news. Right? I should go tell people about what Jesus has accomplished as a real person who died a real death, as a substitution for the death that every human deserves because of their rebellion against God. The good news that we need to tell people, like, acknowledges this, but also we can just tell them about Jesus. That for his death to count for them, for this to be good news and not bad news, they need to have their own relationship with him. They need to believe that his death was for them. And then they need to declare that he is Lord. That's the good news. We need to tell people about Jesus, what he's done. And so the natural next step is how on earth do we actually do that? Maybe it's something you've had a go at before. Uh, This will be a little scary, but who's tried to tell someone about Jesus before? Just like brought it up in a conversation. Who's tried to do that before? This is super encouraging that there's a bunch of people with their hands up. That's really cool. Uh, If you've ever thought about it, uh, or if perhaps you don't actually believe that Jesus is good news, then don't stress. I'm not saying that you should go tell people about Jesus if you don't actually believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, though, then you should tell people about him. If you don't believe in Jesus, then you should find out what you think about Jesus. You should ask some more questions, because the reality is he lived. He existed. You can't escape that. You can't avoid that. That's a historical fact. It's as provable as anything is in history. And he did die, and he was seen after his death. So you've got to reconcile those things. You can come chat to me about them later. But if you're thinking, how do I actually tell people about Jesus? In the New Testament, there's this guy named Paul, who went around to so many places uh, doing this, telling people about Jesus and seeing them come to faith in him. And he wrote a bunch of letters, uh, and in one letter that I particularly love, that he wrote to a church in a place called Colossae, in a book called Colossians, uh, he gave them some instructions on how they could partner with him 
in his sharing of the good news about Jesus. And so if we read that in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, uh, there's actually some like helpful things we can learn about what we can do as we go and do this. Uh, I'm not going to actually read that out. You guys, if you, there's a person who wants to, you can follow along. I kind of highlighted the bits that are important in green. But I think they, they stand on their own well enough. But if we want to actually do this, I think the most important thing is prayer. I was reading a book uh, over the course of this week that talked about how to do this, to share Jesus with others. And one of the lines that it had in it uh, that I thought was particularly good was, it said this, if we want to talk to people about God, we should start by talking to God about people. Two weeks ago, Mike spoke to us about prayer, about how when we pray for things, we should uh, seek the intersection between our will and God's will. And that's where we're going to see like prayer answered, right? When we're actually praying in line with God's will. And I can tell you right now that the message of Jesus is something that God wants to be made known to the world. So we should ask for his wisdom and we should ask for his help with sharing it, right? The second thing uh, that I think is a helpful thing to draw from this passage is Paul wrote this to some people to get them to partner with him. So I think one thing we can learn from this is that we should work together, right? Don't think that you as a Christian at your school are solely responsible for saving every single person in your class, every single person at your school. If that's your goal, awesome, but you should achieve that goal by working with other people. If you want to talk to your non-Christian friends about Jesus, don't try and go it alone. Try and bring some other Christians into the mix. If you don't know whether there's any other Christians at your school, try and find out. There's probably a Christian group you can go along to. If there isn't, start one. See what happens. Be bold. Uh, but that being said, don't underestimate the opportunity that you have to speak into the lives of your friends. Because I think the third thing that's really important as we try and tell people about Jesus is that we need to build relationships. Because no one, or at least no actual sane human being, is going to accept life advice or accept information about the deep truths of the universe and of heaven and hell from someone that they don't know or someone that they don't trust. Uh, Sam Chan, who's a guy that some of you may have heard of, he's an Australian evangelist and speaker. He seeks to equip people for this very thing, talking to people about Jesus. Uh, he outlined in a podcast I was listening to three layers of depth to conversations when we're talking with people. The first one, like the most shallow layer when you're talking with someone, and this is people who, this is what you're probably naturally going to default to if you're talking to someone that you don't know. You're just going to talk to them about interests. Like, I like the football, or I like cycling. It's very shallow, but as you get to know someone, you can move beyond interests to values, which is a bit deeper. They might think that freedom is important, or they might think that this soccer team is better than this soccer team, right? But as you get to know someone even more, you can move beyond just interests and values into something called a worldview what someone thinks about the big questions of life, how they view everything that's going on around them, whether they think there is or isn't a God, whether they think that stealing is inherently wrong, right? 
But you're never going to get to those deeper things if you never talk to someone, like if you never actually work on building a relationship with someone. So a lot of what we do here at Youth Group is giving you the opportunity to build those relationships with one another and with us as your leaders, right? And sometimes you might even notice, and now you're going to be self-aware about it and it's going to be awkward, but we might try and push you beyond just those surface-level conversations to not just talk about the football or the soccer, even though those are fun things, but to perhaps talk about what you value, how you felt about that soccer game, uh, and how you see God in your life. Perhaps whether you think there is a God, whether you think the news about Jesus is good news. And fourth, I mean, I could go on forever about things to try, but I think fourth, and this is the last kind of tip that I'm going to give you, uh, and then uh, you're going to break down into your response groups and you're going to come up with stuff together, uh, but is to talk about how Jesus intersects with life. Because the reality is that if we believe that there is a God and that He sent His Son into the world to save us, and so we want to live our lives following Him, that is going to intersect a lot with our life. Like you might go to church, you're at least, you've at least come to youth group on a Friday night because you're here hearing this, unless you're on the podcast, in which case, hello. Um, but you're at least here in this room right now, and so if someone asks you, oh, what did you do on the weekend? You, can imme- you immediately have an opportunity to talk about how Jesus intersected with your life on Friday night. Well, just, yeah, I had a great weekend, but just before the weekend, I went to youth group, uh, and we talked about this guy named Jesus uh, and how uh, Christians uh, tell other people about him. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. You haven't even admitted to being a Christian at that point. You've just, you've just said that I went someplace and they talked about him. And then that might invite them to ask you questions about it. Or at least it might make them aware that you think about things a little bit deeper than just, I like football. And when you share your life with people, it has the kind of cyclical effect of building the relationships we talked about, which is so important for actually having an opportunity to share your faith with someone. There you go. That's only, that's only four. Uh, there are an infinite number of good options of things to try. Uh, but ultimately, it all boils down, like even those four boil down in reality to you being saved by Jesus, knowing that the news about Jesus is good news. That's the first step. If you're not there, work on that. Like, ask some questions, find out more, uh, talk to your leaders, talk to your friends. And then the next logical step from that is if you believe it's good news, telling other people, telling your friends. You might even want to invite someone along to youth group. Uh, I hear a lot from some people every now and then, oh, I wish there were more people at youth group. Uh, And it's usually from you guys. And like, I want that as well. Your leaders want that as well. It would be great if there were more people here at youth group. It's also not about numbers. Like, who cares? We want to have good conversations with you guys. But if you want there to be more people here at youth group, if you want there to be more people singing the songs with us, praising God, hearing about Jesus, talking about deep, meaningful things in our discussion groups as we look to God's Word and apply it to our lives, invite them. Because the reality is the only way we will grow in a healthy fashion is if we invite people, right? Like you take an active interest in your friends coming to have a relationship with Jesus and inviting them to youth group. Because if I just took like a hundred random people and put them in this room, this would become a very different night, right? We would have to do things very differently. And so that's not really what we're trying to do here at youth group. 
but rather we're trying to create a space which is comfortable enough that you can be here yourself and you can live and experience Christian community while you're here, but that you can also invite other people into it. That's a, I know we've covered a lot tonight. There's a lot of big stuff to cover, right? Why should Christians tell, tell people about Jesus? I think it all comes down to the fact that it's good news. You need to decide whether you believe that, and if you do, you need to share it with others. I'm going to pray, because uh, that's a huge task, and then we're going to break down into some smaller groups, uh, and we're going to chat about it further, but please pray with me. Dear Lord, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into the world uh, as your son to pay the ultimate price, giving up his life, not for people who cherish him and love and respect him, but for everyone in the whole world who has rejected you. Thank you for that, Lord, because through that, we can be saved. Uh, That is wonderful news. Thank you so much for that. Please help us, Lord, as we uh, accept that good news for ourselves to want to share it with others. Please shape our hearts and our affections and our emotions towards that end so that we will see the message of Jesus as good and we will want to share that with others. And Lord, please give us opportunities to do that in our schools, in our homes, in our jobs, in our sports teams, wherever we find ourselves. Help us to want to share the good news of Jesus. It's in His great and powerful name we pray. Amen.